The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining us, as usual on Mondays, is Porsche. It could always be worse, Macca. It could be worse. <laughs> I'd like to know. Uh, I'd like to know how. Well, I mean, trade week's not over yet. <laughs> trade week is not over. That is a very good point. The worst is yet to come. That's uh, very sage advice. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, look, this uh, this podcast is, uh, funnily enough, titled "The 2019ers," yeah. which is a bit of an odd name. But uh, it's based around a whole bunch of players that we expect to have an impact next year. And that, look, they're going to have to because we're pretty much getting rid of everybody, I think. So uh, there's there's no option now. No. They, they have to they have to perform. Well, I mean that's that's not entirely true. I mean we still haven't delisted guys like Jake Need yet, so he could still play 22 games for us. Um, oh, I'm expecting that to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. yeah unless something dramatic happens. Yeah. Probably. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Well, look, Trade Week has uh, delivered some uh, some wonderful and uh, exciting things for other clubs. And yeah. um, look, some interesting trades for us as well. Let's go through some of the other clubs' trades that have happened okay. uh, since our last podcast last week. Yeah. I guess the, the main one, uh, or one of the main ones, is uh, is the Crows trading McGovern plus a third-round pick for 13 and McAdam. Hmm. Uh, Sydney got involved as well. They got three picks for their pick thirteen. Um, so it's look, it's probably a decent trade for everybody there. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the the thing that's the old established trade wisdom, which is that if you've got key position players, they're probably worth a little bit more than they probably should be in trade. Yeah, um, and I think that Adelaide's kind of proven like mm, Govan's fine. Um, if he if you knew he was the player you were going to draft with a first round pick, would you draft them? Maybe not. Um, probably not. No. Oh, fifth toll forward. No. Yeah, but but probably for not, uh... we need someone immediately right away. <laughs> then yeah, okay, that's what the price you pay, isn't yeah. it? So. Hmm. Yeah. And look, the Crows get another first round pick. They get uh, pick thirteen. They get Shane McAdam, who had a really good year in the SNFL. It's a mature age pickup from Sturt, who should be able to fill the void from the uh, McGovern pretty well, you would think. And look, Sydney got. Three picks. They got uh, 26, 28, and 40 for their pick 13, mm. um, which is, uh, which I, I guess they'd probably be okay with that, I suppose. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not, you know, it, it, you don't need to be at the top end of the draft every year, I guess. And, and no. sometimes if you've got a good recruiting team uh, with a really solid knowledge, and particularly if you have a really, 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 really sweet. Um, uh, recruiting zone and a father-son candidate, you know, or whatever yeah. else. Like, if you can get those sorts of things all lining up nicely for you, um, yeah. Well, that's probably why they did it in the end, was because Blakey is likely to be bid on in the top ten, you would think. Yeah. Uh, and this way they have uh, plenty of points to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just makes sense mm. when you can do that. and It's certainly something that we've seen Gold Coast and GWS do in previous years when they've had a few players available for them for bidding, and so it's just, I think it's just common practice now. Yeah. Uh, Sydney was also involved in probably the other biggest trade in trade week so far, and that's Dan Hannabury, uh, three-time All-Australian, uh, gun, um, bit injury-prone at the moment, though. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's ended up at St Kilda. 
which was the the rumours for um, pretty much all year, really. Um, so he went to St Kilda with pick 28. And Sydney got pick 39 in a second rounder next year, back from St Kilda. So, Amazing. look, if, if he comes good, that's an absolute bargain. You'd have to think that there's a real doubt over it, though, wouldn't you? Like, Yeah. I mean, well, look, he, there is a lot of doubt over his uh, his leg and whether it's going to come good or not. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But uh, on face value, that's a decent deal for St Kilda. And look, Hanbury still had got still got a lot of the ball this year. His impact was well down, but he's still got a lot of the ball. Yeah, and I, look, I mean, I think that St Kilda, they're in a position where they've been kind of ordinary for a long time. Um, and a little bit of excitement of adding the name brand of Hanbury. Like, you know, everyone knows Hanbury. Anyone who yeah. follows football at all knows Hanbury. Mm. Um, so just bringing him in, even if he can't get back on the park, I mean, it's probably still a little bit of a win, at least as far as getting their members paid up. Um, yeah, you know, not that not that most clubs I would say should operate like that, but St Kilda I always feel kind of do, so it's probably not a yeah. bad thing. That's right. Um, West Coast they lost Scott Lawson to Port last week, as we know, and um, they've picked mm. up Tom Hickey from St Kilda for um, uh, not too much, which is uh, which I guess shores up their, their sort of ruck contingent. Yes, yes, isn't it, isn't it strange seeing people trade in ruckman? When you lose one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Isn't, isn't that weird? Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dom Tyson, who's been a regular at Melbourne for the last uh, three or four years, has uh, has gone to North Melbourne for uh, um, the price of uh, Pruce and 62. So Pruce, who, um, look, you would think probably could have got a job, a first-string job somewhere else. Yeah. You would think, but he's chosen to go um, to Melbourne behind Maxi Gorn, which... Um, Probably interesting for his first string chances, Um, but I think it's probably a good move for Melbourne. Yeah, look, I think it probably is, and particularly if, as everyone's sort of expecting, they're going to lose Hogan, because then they can try and at least play Gorn as a kind of forward. You know, it's it's, and they've Mm. had they've had Tom McDonald playing forward, and they really want to get him back in defence, in my view. Yeah. Um, So if they can if they can find anyone tallish that they can put forward. They don't need to even be particularly good. They just need to be a marking target because Goodwin football only requires marking targets. Mm. Um, and then bring the ball to ground and go from there. So I can kind of see it. It might be they're planning for Gorn to be more around the ground or whatever else, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's it. Uh, Melbourne also lose uh, Dean Kent to St Kilda for pick 65. Kent's yeah. been a, uh, I guess, um a reasonable play for Melbourne over the past couple of seasons. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm a bit of a fan of Dean Kent. Like, I'm not going to, you know, say, oh, Port should get him. But I think, like, certainly at that trade with you and going to St Kilda, I mean, he'll be a mainstay in their side, I would think, pretty quickly. Um, I think he's so. He's a, a bit good... of a Kent, but that's uh, that's all right. <laughs> he's just a good, solid player. And um, yeah. certainly um, that's exactly what St Kilda need, really, at the moment. Mm. Mm. Um, Sydney have lost another player, Gary Rowe going uh, to his hometown yeah. Geelong for pick yeah. 61. That does seem a little cheap, doesn't it? <laughs> that one. Well, he's not very good, to be honest. Gary mm, <laughs> Rowan. I don't, know. I don't yeah. understand the uh, the attraction to him. Um, I know he's quick, and I know he, he has good defensive pressure, but he just doesn't get enough of the ball. He's far no. too inconsistent. He'll have a game where he'll get 15 touches and three goals, and then he'll get sort of four touches for the next five weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. Like, that's probably I think his problem. People have always got a bit more tolerance for a bit of flash, I think, particularly when it comes yeah. with the ranger. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Exactly. I was just about to say that. He got in early. Nice one. Um, and Sydney have uh, traded that pick 61 uh, mm-hmm. to North Melbourne for Ryan Clark, who uh, who made himself yeah. a mainstay in North's uh, midfield this year. So he moves over to uh, to Sydney. Yeah, I think that'll be... Look, if I, was, if I played fantasy footy, he'd be a player. I'd be sort of thinking, yeah, yeah, he could make a real mark at Sydney, fitting in that game style. So, I think uh, so. Yeah. Certainly dream team. I'm not sure about uh, Supercoach because he's an awful kick of the footy, but okay, uh, he sure. certainly can get a lot a lot of it, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Probably the most interesting one for me so far is yeah. uh, Will Satterfield, who was pick five two years ago. Yeah. Um, and he's been traded for a uh, half packet of grain waves um, to Carlton. <laughs> Look, I mean, I was never super big on Setterfield in his draft year, as you may recall, but um, that mm. still seems kind of cheap for him to go there. But if it's not working out where he is, then there you go. Yeah, 71 in Setterfield for pick 43 in the second round of next year. So, yeah, a bit rough. Look, uh, Carlton keep uh, attracting these um, these GWS players, thanks to Sauce, but um, that yeah. one might end up pretty damn good. He's coming off an ACL, yeah. uh, which I guess is never, never good. Great, but uh, I think there's a there's a big chance that that one pays off in space for Carlton. Look, I mean, Carlton are a club in a position to take punts, so yeah, sure. Yep. And look, there was one trade today, and that's uh, which pretty much got no yeah. press, and that's because no one really gives a shit, a shit at all. And that's um, <laughs> Sam Lloyd from Richmond went to the Dogs for pick sixty four. Now that's one I wouldn't have minded getting, just just quietly, just to Sam show Lloyd. Yeah, I know, I know. Look, I know he's not amazing. If I'm thinking, you disappoint I'm me. If I'm thinking, I'm delisting Jake Need. It's like, well, okay. If we need like a token forward, sure. <laughs> Look, we could have done worse, I guess. Yeah, we could have. Like for pick uh, sixty something, for pick sixty something, it's like, yeah. I mean, if he was delisted, I'd be thinking about at least getting him over to see how he goes with the group training or something. Mm. Or, you know, it'd be worth worth a look. Yeah. So there's a lot of picks going, uh, or a lot of trades happening for picks in the sixties mm. uh, at the moment. So that seems to be the going. Right. So, look, for anyone that thinks we're going to trade someone like Carl Amon or Jack Homsch for anything half decent, I, I think we can kind of expect that we might get a pick in the 60s for them, 60s or 70s. Yeah, look, that probably, seems to be the uh, the going rate this year. They'll probably be bundled in with other trades or something. You know how it is. Yeah. You know how Port like to do their, their last-minute pick shuffling. Although we started a bit earlier this year, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, we don't actually have any picks to give up anymore, so um, we can't really combine these players with any picks because we don't yeah. have any. Now, we just, traded them all. Now, can I take you back quickly to last week when I don't remember if it was the last thing I said on the podcast or just after the podcast where I said something like, cheer up, Macca, at least we haven't made any terrible trades yet. Oh, yeah. boy. I do remember that, and that lasted a whole, what, eight hours until I woke about up that. the next morning. Yeah, about that. So, look, let's, let's talk about Port's... Um, trading because uh, we've, we've made two at the moment and there's, mm. we know there's another one that's uh, definitely going to happen and that's uh, looks certain that uh, Wingard's going to leave the club um, which we'll talk about as well but uh, look, the, f- the first one that we did Wednesday morning the, the day after the podcast um, I get a little notification on my phone saying Polek and Pitta traded to North so I'm like oh both okay fair enough we knew that uh, Pittard was a uh, or we knew that, sorry, um, North was interested in Pittard last year when he was mm-hmm. uncontracted and, and a free agent. And I thought, oh, well, I wonder what we've got there. Because uh, combining those two, we must have got something pretty decent. 
Um, so we got pick 11, which I guess we were always going to get. Yeah. And But the thing that baffled me was we traded Polek and Pittard and 48 for 11 and a fourth-round pick next year, which is probably going to be, you would think, mid to high 60s at how this much, stage. How much were North Melbourne offering Polek to pay him again? How much were they paying him? 750 grand, wasn't it? Yeah, 700 yeah. grand a year. And how long there. was it? How, how long was the contract? Oh, I believe it's five years. Right, 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 right. And, and somehow that's worth almost nothing mm. in trade. Yeah, well, nothing. <laughs> well, look, it depends what way you look at it, really. I mean, do you, do you, do you, do you assume that Polek for 11 is the trade? Or is it Polek and 48 for 11 is the trade? Well, even then I that's shitty, that's, isn't it? <laughs> well, I did say... Uh, I said on the forum, um, going back two months ago, if people are expecting us to, to get like pick eleven plus something else, you're going to be sorely disappointed because more often than not, we're going to have to throw in something else. And we did with pick forty-eight. I didn't mm. expect us to throw in Jasper Pittard either. Um, but Pittard for a fourth rounder next year, I mean, that's just giving someone away for free. <laughs> Well, and I mean, the, the worst part about it is that we're still going to be paying half of his salary for the yeah, next two years. Yeah, what's that all about? That's really So, dumb. I know this list management is your favourite topic, Portia. Mm, mm, mm. And I know that, um, you know, panic signing on players is also one of your favourite topics. Oh, yeah, topics. I love it. It's great. And um, how, does, uh, how does that look with Pittard at the moment when uh, we kind of panic signed him last year when North came knocking for free agency we put him on a big $700,000 a year contract for three years. And then not even 12 months later, we trade him. Yeah. How fucking it, stupid can you be? Really fucking stupid, Macca, is the answer. Mm. Just really, 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 really dumb. Um, yeah, look, it's a, it's a bugbear of mine, how we contract our players. And it's burnt us many, many times now, really. And this is under the yep. current administration. It's burnt us many, many times, not under a past one. Um. What do you what do you do? What do you what do you, what do you do? Like we're at the point where Ah oh God, I don't know. We're at the point where we need to pull down you know, the statue of Saddam in the town square because it's not gonna improve <laughs> until we do. You know, like every no. every every problem we have at our football club right now starts at the top. Um so what do you do? What do you do? Well look, I get you could say that maybe the club views this as a win because last year if he went free agency we would have got nothing for him. Whereas this year we've got a future fourth rounder for him, so I guess that's future yeah, minimal fourth gains. Rounder. Fourth round, fourth rounder. <laughs> we both know our opinion of Jasper Pittard is pretty low, but, but you, I, how, I don't see how you could a little bit better than, than nothing. Like that pretty much values him at negative value, really. When you look at that yeah, whole oh yeah, trade as a whole, yeah, yeah. we're trading Pittard for less than nothing. Yeah, less than nothing. Absolutely, it's less than nothing that we're getting for Pittard. Mm. Um, now, look, I'm not. I don't even concern, I'm not even concerned about the Pittard bit. I, I am happy that he's gone. Um, I think that every Port fan will be kind of relieved that he's not around. <laughs> frankly, uh, look, I and, think there's still three think, or four I, members that, that like him. But um, and I didn't I'm think he had any trade value. I'm absolutely happy that he's out of the club. Yeah, and I didn't think he had any trade value, so that that's fine. Mm. Like it was, it was just really about well, if North Melbourne's coming hunting for him, they should be over to offer something. Um, but the fact that we yep. hung on that extra year after recontracting him and then gave him away for nothing—that's like, just bullshit. Um, 
Yeah. You know, when we've we've taken, I made a comment to you on I think a text or something saying you know we are brown banana merchants in that we don't we don't we don't sell them when they're nearly ripe we don't sell them when they're ripe we wait until they're just past the point or just at the very end of the point where someone might want to eat it. And where they're basically mush, mush and that's yeah. when we say, hey, who wants to buy some bananas? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Kitard is mush, and we got probably fair <laughs> compensation for it, I guess, in the end. It's so, end of market day clear out. <laughs> so overall, Paulette Pittard and 48 for 11 and a future fourth rounder. Is that, a, is that a win? Is that a pass? Is that a, is that a fail? Is that a middle it's, ground? What is it, that? In terms of what could be achieved in this trade week, it's, I don't know if it's a win, it's certainly a, it, it's probably a marginal win. In terms of what could have been achieved in terms of multi-year list management, it's an absolute loss. Yeah. Un- unequivocal loss. Well, I was happy getting 11, we, but we knew we were going to get 11 anyway. Mm. Um, I feel like we gave up a little bit too much in that deal. So for me, it's probably a bit of a break even in the end. Maybe pushing towards in between break even and a foul, just for the fact that we're still going to have to pay Pittard for another two years, fifty percent of his contract. That's so just after I believe we got rid of having to pay for Loby, mm-hmm. we now are back at the situation where we have to pay for someone else to not play at the club uh, through our own stupidity uh, with list management decisions. Yeah, it looks like the dead dollars club's going to keep going. Mm. Mm. Now. The second trade, which happened, uh, well, I think it was on the Thursday, which um, I lost. Look, I'm going to be honest. When I saw the trade, I lost my shit. I was swearing. I was kicking things. Poor poor children. Um, Their legs will recover. It's okay. Um, But look, I I just don't understand the thought behind doing this trade. Um, We traded pick six. No, sorry. Let me rephrase that. We got pick six. And we got a future third rounder mm. for 11, 23, 30, and 49. Now, that is a lot of trade capital to give up to get essentially one pick that you want. Well, and it's not just that. Like, there's so many reasons why this is a bad thing. Like, here's, here's my, my oldest bug there, which is in previous draft weeks or trade weeks, I should say. Um, when we've talked about trades, you know, the club has always come out saying, ah, oh, yes, but on points value, it all works out. There's no way this works out on points value. Um, just, just you know, no, it, no, it is, like, yeah. I don't like looking at points because I think no, they're bullshit, people but... look at them and take too much into it yeah. and go, oh, well, that's valued at pick 31. Well, it, it doesn't really work like that because no. uh, um, it's not really designed for that sort of thing. But this is like a thousand point gap. Yeah, this isn't yeah. like a, oh, it's, it's kind of even. Well, it's not. It's like an no, and... 800 point gap or something like that, which is quite dramatic. It's absolutely huge. Uh, here's my second one. When we're in trading up, we've traded up effectively because I, I basically say we've kind of traded our 11 for a six with a cost, yeah? Uh, mm. Who trades up to six? Who does that? Like, if, if you're going to trade... No, number six is um, in draft history. What is it? There's, there was an article about it, I think, last year or the year before, talking about how no player drafted at pick six had played a premiership or 200 games. <laughs> Like it's it's exactly the the shit spot oh, in the draft wonderful. order, yeah yeah. Well, it eventually did happen. Oh. I think McRae um, at the Bulldogs was uh, the first premiership player um, uh, picked at number six to. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 exactly. It's true. Out- there is no there is no two hundred game player. 
It's exactly uh, outside the, the of the most... blue chip section of the draft. You guess who the most who got picked at pick six is? Oh, you never guess it. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Who, who? No. James Walker from Frio. Oh, there you go. Yeah, That's yeah. a name I haven't heard for a good decade. <laughs> there's a lot of them. There's a lot of, there's a lot of terrible <laughs> probably ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Stephen Salapek was a pick Stephen six. Salapek, David Myers, yeah. Chris yep. Yaron, Gary Rowan, Reese Conker. I mean, there's a lot of ordinary players. Gary um, Rowan, you throw yeah. In Wingard, you throw in McRae, who are two out-and-out guns, and um, Peter Motley back in the day. Mm. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, right. So it's it's it like historically in draft, and it's not just like oh, and what about pick five and seven? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is that in the sweet spot of the average draft, there's mm. like maybe three to five really good players, and six is usually at least if not the start of the second tier, it's you know two or three picks back in the second tier. So to trade into that position is yeah. really strange. Um. And and more importantly, to trade up into that position, paying the price you would pay for a, a, tra- a premium trade up into like one of those elite spots, mm. that's, that's super duper weird. Like if it was a trade up to pick three or something, um, yeah, okay, like that's the sort of price you'd expect to pay to get up into that genuinely elite tier. But to pick six, really, <laughs> really? I mean, it's it's just a bit. Look, I was I was okay with trading for pick six. Because I figured, well, it might be like 11 and 30 or something like that mm. to get pick six, and that's it. I didn't expect us to trade four picks to get that and a future third oh, rounder. No. And they, they've marketed it, it as, well, we're getting future father-son points for next year when there's Jackson Mead and Trent Burgoyne. Look, Trent Burgoyne at this point is probably not really draftable, in mm. my opinion. Mm. Mm. Jackson Mead's got a lot of talent. Um but look, things can change very, very quickly. Yeah. And you, you only have to look at this year, and I'll go on my, my rant in a minute, but to trade four picks for that just left me absolutely stunned that we would Good do picks. that deal. Like, there I, was I th- three top 30 look, picks for that, and then another. Look, I'm on a private footy forum with a bunch of other club supporters. Yeah. And they were all baffled. Like They were all, why... why why would you do that deal if you're Port Adelaide? Why would you do that? And I agree 100% with them. Why would you do that deal? I understand getting pick six is fine, and that's fine. It's a decent pick. Mm. We might be able to use that to move up further up the draft. But to give up four picks, I would expect we would have done that like to Gold Coast or something like that to get pick three, mm. not to get pick six. And I understand why Frio have done it, because they needed oh. picks, because they had one pick in the top 80, and that yeah, was it. Yeah. Um, but there, and we've just said, oh, look, yeah, yeah, just have our entire draft capital. That's fine. But there's the other thing about it. Like, you know, if you're looking at, if, if I was going to say what kind of clubs should be doing this sort of trade where it's like, you know, we don't need a lot of shots in the draft. We just need to supplement with someone really good. Like that, that, that team, that's a top four team that's just coming into their prime where they've got a pretty settled first 22 where they're yep. all they're really just looking for like they don't, if they if they draft like you know a bunch of guys it's going to take three years to come along like they're not going to get game time most likely so it's not really worth the effort and that's why they'd be more likely to say okay well we'll just use all our capital to get someone really good that can maybe play games pretty quickly that's yep. the team that does what we've done um, yeah the, the team that is who we are knowing what our depth deficiencies are um, 
we've done exactly the wrong thing for what we should do because we need to be drafting multiple players and still delisting the scrubs, the absolute scrubs we've still got on our list. Yeah. Look, this means we we could well be keeping Need this year. We'll be keeping yeah. Mackenzie this year. Absolutely. Like players that we should be probably Mary. saying goodbye to because they're just filling up space for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to have to hang on to. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is just silliness. And look, I guess it depends on where you think our list is at. Um, but when you're trading out Polek, you're trading out Pittard, you're trading out Wingard, you're saying goodbye to probably Homsch and Amon as well, and uh, potentially need. You know, that's pretty much our entire 25 to 27 group of players, just about. Mm. Um, so when you're ripping through the core of your list structure and you're leaving yourself with um, the ageing stars that we've got, and we've got a lot of them, let's not be... Uh, Let's not be silly. Most of our good players are either close to or over 30. To be fair, we've got a lot of ageing non-stars as well, but yes, go on. We do. Yeah, we do. And we've got, you know, a bit of youth down the bottom, but not a lot. I did the figures yesterday. We've, this year we had 18 uh, under 23 players on our list. yeah. And that was the third least in the AFL. There you go. Uh, Most teams had kind of, uh, you know, 23 or 24 that seemed to be your probably 21 to 22 was the average. Hmm. Um, you know, you look at West Coast who won the flag this year. I think they had 24 players under 23 on their list. Right. Richmond yeah. this year who won the flag last year, they had 21. We've got 18. Yeah. And um, you look at the quality of that list. And look, you know, the general rule is you can just scrub. You can put a line through half of them because half of them aren't going to make it historically. Yep. It's pretty rare for you to get um, a better than average run than that. Um, and then you end up like Geelong sort of thing or Hawthorne. Mm. Um, so when, you, when you've got the third least amount of youth on a list, you would think you would be wanting to go pretty heavy in a draft, um, not trade them all out just to get one or two picks. And the, look, the thing that really scares me, that scares me greatly, is that we're going to end up with, you know, say we end up with 15 and Burton for Wingard, Mm. we're going to be... Oh, I just have this feeling that we're going to be trading pick six and pick ten to get pick three. So we're going to end up with 315 and 85 um, in a very good draft. Um, you know, that that we were going heavy in 12 months ago and now we're trading almost completely out of it. Yep. 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 I just, I just don't understand... Uh, what we're trying to do. I'll I'll tell you what we're doing. I did the the facts on the weekend as well, just to try and sort it out in my head what we've done the last two years because Mm. we traded last year a lot of plays and a lot of picks to get picks into this year's draft, which we've now traded almost completely out of. Um, And I'm sure I've made a mistake here somewhere. But Before you continue, continue, I'm going to go make my second cup of tea and I'll be back. Keep talking. Okay. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, to this is the these are the the trades that we've made that have affected this year's draft picks, and that's we've said goodbye to Impey, Aaron Young, um, Brendan Archie, Polek, Pittard, um, a second and a fourth round pick last year, plus twenty three, thirty, forty eight, and forty eight, uh, forty nine. Sorry, in this year's 
draft. So that's five players, two picks last year and four picks this year. And we've gained pick six this year, picks 46, 59, 61 and 64 last year. Okay, and a third, a future third and a future fourth next year. Mm. So what we've done is we've traded five players, three second rounders, two third rounders and a fourth rounder to bring in pick six, one third rounder, four th- third rounders and a fourth rounder. So how is that an appropriate way to manage your list Look, and, I mean, a ma- and manage your draft capital that you've got? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, if that is the appropriate way to manage what we've got, then that's another sacking, right? Because either it's list mismanagement in doing what we're doing now or it's drafting mismanagement in doing what we've done in the past uh, <laughs> in drafting guys like Jarman MP very early and things like that, you know? I, I just is- don't understand it. And look, you know... Picks. If we get Rankin, fine. If we get someone else with pick 10, fine. If we trade out again to move further up the draft to try and make sure that we get the player that we want. Like, it's just, you know, it's it's very scary that we are chase, seemingly chasing one player. Um, and that can backfire so greatly. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, to trade out five players and all those picks just to get pick six and a bunch of shit picks. Mm. Like, it's just it's just baffling, and I just don't understand how it's an appropriate way to bring youth into what is an aging squad. Well, I don't think that it is. we've just traded the core out of. So, you with all that information, what what do you believe that we are actually trying to do this what year? I, what I believe is happening, and this is not based on talking to anyone, but if it's accurate, I would love to hear about it. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, and someone listening and can advise me, I think that there is compromise going on. Which is that, like we said, you know, at the start of the year, this year, this is Ken's last chance to really do it. After this, we need to start rebuilding. Uh, and the compromise is that we start rebuilding in a way that culls our depth, but the young guys we bring in are a fair chance to play straight away. Mm. Like, I think that's the compromise in that, you know, Ken still has his top side and he's getting, a, he's getting youth added to it, but it's, you know, high quality youth that he can probably play with straight away. And I think that's kind of the weird, awful, you know, camel designed by committee compromise that we're doing. Mm. I, I just don't know. It looks to me like we've fallen in love with someone in this year's draft and we're doing our damnedest to well, make I mean, sure we get them. And look, Rosie, that could be right? Rankin. That, be Rosie. It could be Rankin. It could be Rosie. It could be Lacocious. It could be Smith. It could be one of the kings. We don't know. But I don't um, think you'd you you know, every... have to pick six for Rankin. Everyone was hell-bent. We... Look, he's a... He's a potential star. Look, maybe yeah, but, maybe but, we have because, uh, you know, we're trading out Wingard. We need someone to replace Wingard, and he's probably the perfect player to do it. But um, as, if people are expecting it to be ranking, we might be sorely disappointed because, yeah, we, yeah. as we saw in 2006, when everyone expected us to pick either Mitch Thorpe or Joel Selwood, everyone went, who the fuck is Travis Boak when we pick Travis Boak? Yeah, well, um, the reason I'm saying that about Rankin, though, is because, like, again, going back to the Jarman Impey one, like, when we traded up, or trade whatever it was to get Jarman Impey, we said, oh, we would have drafted him earlier. I'm like, well, okay, great, what? Um, and I think mm. we might be in a similar situation. So it means that it's someone that they expect should be available, but they're a little bit concerned about, that would be a reason to trade up from 11 to 6. And mm. for me, like, it's a guy like Rosie that falls into that gap, whereas Rankin would definitely be dropping down the draft order to get to there, in my view. Yeah. Look, I... You know, I sat there at the members' convention earlier this year, and I listened to Cripps and Davies describe how we wanted to go really heavy in this year's draft as yeah. it was, you know, an exceptional draft crop, and that's why we made the decisions that we did. And here we are, you know, like not even eight months later, trading almost completely out of it, chasing what seems to be one early pick. And 
you know, the last time we had multiple picks at the top end of the draft, we picked, um, you know, Andrew Moore, John Butcher, and Pitt up. And how yeah, did that work? Yeah, how did that um, work? Three failures. Um, oh, you, you, so, you mean you know, we, didn't, we didn't draft um, John Butcher, Daniel Talia, and Jake Carlisle? Oh, no, not at all. No. Um, so what happens if uh, if this player, if this pick six is a failure as well? You know, we've just traded you know, essentially five players and a stack of picks for for nothing, really. And as I said, our list is in no position. In, in my opinion, our list is not in a position to bring in just one or two high draft picks and that's it. Yeah, I um, Almost, as I said, almost all our good players are around the 30-year-old mark. We've got now nothing in the middle coming through and we've got a bunch of untried kids. Um, you know, the jury's still out on Bonner and Johnson, Atley, Drew, Hayes, Marshall, Patmore, Farrell, Garner, Barry, as to whether they're going to make it or not. And as I said, history suggests you just put a line through half of them because they won't make it. Well, and here we are with the great chance of bringing in a big influx of youth with decent picks to help, uh, you know, help the percentages of, you know, bringing in some quality. And now we can't do it. Well, okay, here's a oh, I just feel like we've been negligent in our list management with what oh. we've done so far this year. And people will say, oh, well, we're, there's still Amon to go and there's still Homsch to go and there's still Wingard to go. Just because we might trade Wingard and we might trade Amon and we might trade Homsch. Look, we might get maybe, you know, we might get pick 15 and Burton, which would be, oh, I'm okay with that. We might get maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, a second round draft pick for Homsch. Um, absolute best case scenario. But just because we might trade a little bit further back into the draft doesn't mean the trades that we've already done aren't stupid. I agree entirely with that, Macca. And my God, you've got a lot of feelings about this. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'm well, not... I just don't understand yeah. what we're doing. You know, 12 months ago, we go heavy with all these um, ready-made players because apparently oh, yeah, we're going all in for a premiership. And now, not 12 months later, we're getting rid of the core of our group we're getting rid of draft picks and we're now leaving ourselves with, you know, fingers crossed, hoping that pick six doesn't turn into Andrew Moore. Yeah, yep, no doubt. Yes, correct. It, it's um, it's infuriating. I've, I've had time to calm myself down. So where do you I'm, think we'll I'm finish next year? I'm lucky this trade didn't go through. Otherwise, I'd be uh, making a lot more profanities as I talk. But uh, where do we finish next year? Yeah. At the moment, I'm thinking bottom four. Yeah. Well, do you think that's part of the plan? Well, maybe if we brought in a future first rounder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I maybe. Mean, like for me, this is sort of <laughs> for a shit team like we're Portis at the minute. This is kind of a little bit like Hawthorne's rejigging when they got rid of Mitchell and all those guys, and Mitchell and Lewis, Mitchell and Lewis. Um, and you say, well, oh, why they trade them on for nothing? Um, but it just sort of feels like that kind of reset where they take out, in this case, guys that they don't think fit the personality of what they want. Mm. Um, and then hopefully they're hoping to do a little rejig but still stay around the mark, but I don't think it's going to work like that. Um, no, but the difference is they brought in Tom Mitchell, who's now the best player in the league, and they brought yeah. in Impey who had a good year, and they're going to bring in Tom Scully, who's, uh, if he gets his foot right, then he's going to be you know, a very good player. Yeah, them as yeah. well. So, yeah. I guess that's that's the difference there. Um, oh yeah, I don't know. We're doing it right, but it's as, as like... I said, I, I just don't know. I, I don't understand. And you know, if we're going, if if we're trying to get points for next year's father sons, I don't hard, know though. why you don't do that next year. Well, you know, tw- as I said, twelve months ago, I got well, eight months ago, we all got told, 
oh, we've gone heavy in this draft because it's really, really good. And now we're trading yeah. out of it because apparently it's not very good. Yeah. So why, why make these decisions for future picks now when you can do it next year? Yeah, well, it's just all a bit bullshit really right now, isn't it? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, do I'm I... in a good mood now. Thanks. <laughs> well, hey, hey, let's just continue because you haven't even talked about the Wingard potential trade yet. <laughs> oh, the Wingard trade. Well, as as we knew was going to happen, Wingard was always going to choose Hawthorne as his destination. Sure. Would you be happy with 15 and Burton? Do you think that's unders? Do you think it's overs? Where are you sitting at the moment? Look, I mean, for me, this I've been sort of looking through Hawthorne's list and thinking, who would I want? And I didn't just look at South Australians like everyone else does, um, and particularly everyone in the media does, assuming only South Australians would want to come to Port Adelaide. Um, mm. I want James Warple, who they drafted real late last year. Uh, if, 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 if we had a situation where we could come away with pick 15... Burton and Warple, I would be over the fucking moon. <laughs> That'd be good, but it's not going to happen. They're, they're not going to no. give up two guns for plus a first well, round. Are they two guns? Up. Like Warple, like I said, you know, late draft pick, unexposed form. He wouldn't be. He's not at the height of his value, potential value at this point. You wouldn't say. Mm. Um, he's still got a lot of developing to do. I would have thought. You know, if you're talking about that little bit extra, I would think that he would certainly be potentially in that talk. Um, yeah. And coming over to play. I, with... I would love that. I would love it. Look, I'm a big fan of Burton and I'm a big fan of Warple. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I would like both of them. Absolutely, yeah. I would like both of them. I don't think that's going to happen. I reckon it would be 15 and Burton and we'll reluctantly give back another two first rounders or something like that just because <laughs> that seems to be what we're doing this year. Well, the concern for um, me, as always, is that we'll trade a future first rounder and particularly right at this particularly volatile point in Port Adelaide history when it looks like there's a very real chance we'll get an early pick next year if we don't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I would... Look, if it's 15 and Burton, I'd probably accept that because I do rate Burton that highly. Nah. Uh, I think he could really transform the way that we play. Um <laughs> But we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Um, I look. I don't, I don't know. I've come to groups for months that Wingard's probably going to leave. Um, it just like, but it was shattering. Yeah. It's, it's, even though you, even even though you kind of figure your dog's got cancer or something, you got to put him down. It still hurts when you hear, "Oh, we're probably going to have to put her down." You know, yeah, <laughs> it's sure, that sure. kind of situation, sort of thing. Look, I mean, for me, I just feel like, you know, Burton, yeah, okay, but he, I've got multiple, multiple concerns, which I'd like to illustrate. The first one for me is that I don't trust Hawthorne. And for Hawthorne to sort of be saying, hey, guys, do you want Burton? It makes me worry about how in the past they've traded two players on big money for big value that both had depression that they knew about. You know, like that's the kind of thing that I expect from Hawthorne in a trade when they're sort of nominating, hey, this player, were you interested in them? In that there's something that you haven't been told. Um, so that's my that's my first concern with this potential trade. The second one is that we're giving up a gun midfielder. And like Pollock's adequate, yeah? Pollock's serviceable, but Wingard is an absolute gun. And when you give up guns, mm. you expect to get, you know, guns and... <laughs> Burton, he's done all right, I guess. Um, but that and then a late first round pick just kind of feels like we've tra- we've given up the quality. We haven't really got that same quality back in any way. And the third thing that really concerns me is that you're bringing in another defender, into, which is already our strongest unit um, is, is of young players. Why don't you think so? Why don't you oh, think so? 
well, what are you okay? What's your view on that then? Look, we've got a question, so I might leave yeah, that for okay. that sure. a little bit later. Um, okay. But I, I don't think we necessarily have to claim down back. Um, look, if we can get out of it with getting 15 and their pick 35 plus Burton, I would say I would probably accept that and say well, I think that's okay. So long as we don't do any more friggin' trades and we just mm. leave it with what we've got. So we have 6, 10, 15, 35, um, and 85, if you include that. Uh, um, and then, look, maybe if we can get something else for Amon and Homsch, uh to make it worthwhile, I would, I would half accept that. Oh. But if we go ahead and trade 6 and 10 and 35 to get 3 or something stupid like that, mm. um, I'm going to be absolutely fuming. Look, if we've got 6, 10, and 15, and if we end up with a 35 or, or a James Warple, James Warple, James Warple, um, if we end up with those three first-round picks, like, yeah, I mean, going forward, if you don't think about what you've given up, it's nice to have three first-round picks in a draft. It doesn't happen that often. Mm. Um, and it would be nice to do the exact opposite of what we did last time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, that's an okay position to be going into, and particularly if you're expecting that the next two years are just going to be out and out, utter tripe um until we mm. get a new coach in then yeah like this if i'm this is this is this is me this is where i'm less angry than you maca because and it's also why i sometimes get angrier than you earlier than you sometimes which is that i'm looking at really at a long-term view here uh, and over the long term it's like yeah it's shitty this year but the way the afl works is if you have shitty off seasons then sometimes you get rewarded for it in future years and i'm kind of wondering if maybe that's where we're at now where we're at the point of being you know, the Tarps club that gets early draft picks by being shit again. Um, and I kind of feel like we probably are for a couple of years until we get a new coach. So, Well, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Well, let's move on. I have a few uh, big footy questions, so we'll go through them. Powerade has asked, so who is the future? John Butcher. John Butcher is the future no more. Oh, yeah. Sam Hayes is probably the new future. Yeah, 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 look. Absolutely. I mean, he's sort of, he's, you know, he's got the junior rep. Um, I, would, I think we'd kind of like it to be Kane Farrell just because it's nice to win the goal kicker as a future. But Sam Hayes, like, mm. he could come in and he could just be amazing, really. Yeah. Um, and he's and he's probably going to be a, a player on that slow sort of progression like a Warren Treadray. In, mm. And I know that people go, oh, yeah, but he kicked eight games against Carlton. It's like, yeah, but, you know, he didn't play a game in the season before it and then he had his knee injury and then he took a bit of time to get really good and... You know, the, the Warren Treadray in peak form was miles and miles away from the 20-year-old Warren Treadray. And I feel like Sam Hayes is the sort of guy that when he gets good, he's going to get good over a long period of time. Um, yes, yeah, for sure. That, and that's exciting. Yeah. That, that's superstar. Yeah. Uh, Schultz and Fess has asked, uh, thoughts on Ryan Burton and Sam Mays' trade targets and what position <laughs> do you think they'll play if and when they land at the power? We're still talking about Sam Bloody Mays. Apparently. <laughs> There's a lot of rumours going through that it's um, it's pretty much a fait accompli and we're just waiting until a bit later on until some of the more major oh trades have gone through. Why? Okay. Well, look, I mean, if he's a DFA... Let's talk can... about Ryan Burton first. Where do yeah. you see Ryan Burton fitting in? I don't know. In the defence, I guess. Um, being a more reliable version of Pittard, replacing the eternally injured Broadbent and um, helping us cover until Hartlett's fit. That's kind of where he's at, I would have thought, at this stage, in the short term. 
Like, I don't see him playing that role for us. I see him on the wing for us. I, I, what I would future. like to see next year, what I would like to see is Bonner on one wing and Burton on the other. That's what I would like to see. Yeah. Look, for me, I, I just feel like it, certainly starting off and particularly going into a new system, um, I, I do see him in defence, at least for the first year, or at least for the first half of the first year, I would say. Mm. Um, just because we are, you know, we've lost what Pittard, and as much as Pittard's shit hit, there were games when we le- we legitimately had to play him because we were just so short on back flankers with Broadbent and Hartlett out. Yeah. Um, so for me, but that's I guess, why I think that. I guess what you, I guess what we'll see next year is Hartlett's going to be back pretty much the whole year. Um, you're going to hope that Broadbent might be ready to go I again. Think so. um, you'll have Joel Garner that'll probably be, hopefully pushing on yeah, the door for games. But here's, here's the thing. Um, then you've still got Houston, you've still got DBJ, uh, you've still got Jonas. So I think we're going to have quite a few options. What, why I would like to see Burton and Bonner on the wings is that um, you've got two 190-centimetre guys who are pretty quick, who use the ball really, really well. Um, I think that is something that could really transform the way we play. It'll make us a bit more direct. Um, it will move the ball a lot quicker. And we should find... Um, a bit better entry inside 50 as well. And what it should also do is allow us to leave some players back uh, in the forward line um, as opposed to seeing, you know, Jack Watts in a back pocket and Charlie Dixon on a back flank every five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think that pragmatically in the short term and particularly given Hinkley's um, tendency to, after three games, put everyone back in defence. I think that we will see him mm. the majority of the year in defence if we trade him for him. So. And Sam Mays, what uh, what are your thoughts around that rumour? He's just the most vanilla player in the AFL, isn't he? <laughs> so, <laughs> pretty um, much. Yeah, where I, do I see him playing? In the SANFL is where yeah, I see him playing, um, pretty much. He, he's in the same category as a guy like Trent McKenzie, as far as I'm concerned. You know, if he was delisted, you'd say... And, and we'd made those listings. You'd say, yeah, give him a go for you, see if the change of environment makes a difference. But mm. you know, he's certainly not that guy that was compared with the people saying, oh, we should draft him, and then we ended up getting Ollie Wines. Like, he's not anywhere near that category of player that he once was that are somehow, 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 after all this time, is stuck in people's heads. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, he was... Um, you know, he, he was trained as... A, he started as a forward uh, back in his junior career, and uh, he probably didn't make much of a go as a forward at Brisbane. He ended up moving down back where he's played the last two or three seasons and uh, you know, pretty much as that loose um, sort of quarterbacky type role. But uh, he got pushed out of the side this year because Alex Witherden was fit for the whole season and Luke Hodge came. Mm. Um, so he only played, I think, five or six games for the season. Um, and look, do we really need someone like that? No, like if that, if that If we're getting him to play that sort of role... Uh, I know you just said that we need more back flankers, but uh, I would like a I, bit more accountability than someone I, who's got a similar <laughs> sort of contested possession rate as what Nathan Loney did. I, I don't just mean we need more back flankers, so anyone that has the, the letters HBF after their name and a profile where you draft. after. I'm, like, the reason I'm saying that with, <laughs> the reason I'm saying that with Burton is because he is actually someone, actually someone that can play that role um, to a decent level. Like, that's why I think he will get dragged into that role. If you know, if he hadn't had an experience in it, no, I wouldn't be suggesting it. But he does, so that's why. Yep. Uh, Eddie Dingle was asked thoughts on Chad getting the giant Cyril Rioli tattoo on his chest, knowing he would one day replace him at Hawthorne. Uh... <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Charcoal Chatty um, has said, do you think AJ will crack? Do I think what, sorry? Do you think Aiden Johnson will get another crack? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, we haven't yeah. brought in any forwards yet, have we? So, yeah. Uh, oh, thanks. I'm getting a little bit later. And uh, he also asked Charcoal Chatty, asked, uh, did we pick Kane because we thought his last name was Feral? I doubt it. He's Look, not, though, I, is he? <laughs> I, I did question our uh, list strategy and the people running it before, but I'm pretty sure they do get their players' names correct. Um, is he feral? Uh, probably not. I don't yeah. know. He doesn't look feral. He looks no. like a bit of a, a good boy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought so. So, yeah. This oh. one's the best question from Pommy Power. Mm. Regular Kit Kat or Kit Kat Chunky? That's oh, not even comparison, regular Kit Kat. Haven't we done this one on the show before? <laughs> what? What? Oh, yeah, it's we... got to be Chunky. No, 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 regular sure. Kit Kat. It's got the better proportions. No, no. I like the thick edges of the Kit Kat Chunky, the thick chocolate edges. I reckon that's the best. Oh, that's, that's, the... The, that's the part I that's like least. It's got to be Chunky. That's the part I like the least. What I like oh, with the Kit Kat get out. is being able to break it up into small pieces and then have a little bit with a little bit of a nibble and get that full range of textures in a very small mouthful and sort of go chomp, chomp. Mm, that was nice, chomp, chomp. And then I've still got three fingers left. That's what I like, you know, nah. Kit Kat. No. Nah. Nah. I like the big fat thing that uh, feels well, like honestly, you're eating a house brick. Well, well, I mean, you are eating a house brick because we know you keep your chocolates in the <laughs> fridge. So, uh, you know, it's, it's probably rock hard <laughs> exactly by the right. time it comes out of there. It is. And <laughs> delicious rocky goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, yeah, no, I am um, def- definitely not the, the 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 chunky one. Don't like that at all. Oh, I can't remember the last time I had a normal Kit Kat. I reckon it must have been They're much nicer. Oh, fifteen years ago or something. I reckon I've always gone the chunky since then. Mm. Okay, well, I mean, like for me, the chunky Kit Kat's in the same category as something like Toblerone, and it's just a bit awkward to eat, and I don't really enjoy it, so I don't. Mm. Yeah, look, Toblerone's tasty. I'll give it that. I do yeah. love Toblerone, but it is awkward to eat. Yeah. You either hurt your fingers breaking it yeah. or you sort of scratch the inside of your mouth and it starts bleeding when you try and eat it. They're kind of like tubes in that regard. <laughs> again, again, it's Mac, the chocolate I think, version of tubes. I think, again, this is a problem with how you store your chocolate because, you know, if you're, if you're finding a Toblerone to be sharp like a knife, you probably shouldn't be putting it in the fridge. No, nah, um, but see, I don't put my Toblerone in the fridge. Ah, I leave yeah. that out. Yeah. Well, that's weird, but anyway, like the reason for me the Toblerone is <laughs> difficult to eat is that it's you like you break off a bit, but then you in breaking it off you always get a bit of a smudge on your fingers. And it's like oh, okay, I don't like yeah, that. That's I don't true. like that sensation. Yeah. And then there's a the weird sort of texture where it like it seems to be designed for those little bits inside it to stick to your teeth, and it's like oh, I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. Mm. I don't like having to sort of go. Oh, that feels weird. You know, I don't. <laughs> and, and after you've had it, you've got to wait, you know, 20 minutes, whatever it is, before you can go brush your teeth and make sure you got it all. You know, it's. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I don't like that. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm. Chocolate uh, talk is over. Let's talk about the players, the 2019ers. Yeah. Yeah. The guys we want to have an impact next year. Um, right, we'll start with Kane Farrell. Uh, who played 13 SANFL games this year for 11 disposals a game, and he kicked 20 goals in those 13 games. So mm. um, he, he showed some really good form there, especially late in the season, which saw him debut. He got five games at the end of the season where he kicked six goals 
disposals a game. Um, look, he showed signs in his five games that um, he may have a bit of a future. That start against the Crows, though. Oof, oof. Talking about rock hard things, that was... Uh... <laughs> Get out of the fridge, Macca. <laughs> That shouldn't be in the fridge that, either. That was one of them. That was one of them, for sure. To get three goals in the first quarter against the Crows, oh, my goodness, that was great. Uh, but it wasn't just that. You know, he was good all game that day. I yeah. thought he had a really good debut against the Dogs. I thought he was really good against Essendon as well. Um, and he did show a bit of form against West Coast too. Um, he kicked a goal there as well. Um, so, look, his forward play is quite impressive. He knows where to run. Uh, he's quite quick. He's got great skills. Um and his his running patterns for me uh, were the most impressive thing about his game this year. Look, honestly, the most impressive thing for me is that he's not overawed by kicking at goals. And like, in, when, I think <clears throat> after his first game, they talked about, "Oh, that was a good goal," and he said, "Oh, yeah, no, I've, I've played at this ground before." And that that was it. Like that was it. Wasn't like you know, oh yeah, I was really nervous or anything like that. Like, no, no, no. He just like he didn't seem to almost he almost didn't seem to understand the question. Like you know, why why would yeah. it be? But you, I've played at this ground before. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know how to kick this goal. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's that. Like that, that is that is the attitude you actually really, really want in a legitimate goal kicker is to be like, not you know, cacking your dacks when you're going. Oh no, it's goal! Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, I can't believe I kicked it! Like, no, 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 I played here before. I know how this works. <laughs> and that for me, that was yeah. the most impressive part from like an what was he, eighteen, nineteen year old? Like that is yes, that is yeah. that is that's a forward. You got a forward. That's what you want. Mm. That is what you want. And look, I think he's got a bit of a future. What are you expecting from him next year? Does he start as a first 22 player? Look, I think the sky's the limit. Strong pre-season will see him start, and if he manages to maintain form, um, he could stay in all year. But if we, yep. if the team does what we predict and there's going to be you know, a bottom four team, then like he's not going to stay in all year because there's going to be token changes and he's a young guy. Um, yep. But he should, he's still got a really good shot of staying in and playing certainly a majority of the year. Look, maybe he is the, the wing guard replacement and someone that can slot that sort of 25 to 30 goals a year. Yeah, look, maybe, maybe. I, I know that every team will be looking at uh, not just at West Coast, but also at Collingwood, um, t- making the turnaround they did um, in this season, and uh, looking at how their small forwards or medium medium forwards, I suppose, is more accurate, uh, managed to work in concert, and hopefully we'll be able to pick a little bit out of that. Yeah. Uh, the next player, Sam Hayes, he only played the seven games in the SNFL this year. Averaged thirteen disposals, four and a half marks, kicked six goals, and averaged nineteen hitouts as well. And then very tragically um, did his ACL, which saw him out for the rest of the season, just as he was potentially looking like maybe getting a bit of a go at the AFL side. Um, yeah, don't, did you see any of his SNFL no, games this year? No, no I didn't. No. Um, no. So any comment I make would be on the basis of me still being excited about after seeing his junior seasons um, for Victoria. Uh, yeah, no, Look, he, he was impressive. He was impressive. Look, he still needs a lot of body development, that's for oh, sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's very clever. He's very smart at how he positions himself. He doesn't get pushed off the ball all that much. Um, he immediately became, I thought, our best ruckman pretty much from round one. Um, certainly his uh, his ability to tap the ball to midfielders was um, much better than Frampton or Adams. Um, and look, he was sneaking forward and, and kicking goals as well. Yeah, and look, I mean, I think that um, the player I'm going to make a suggestion that it might be a bit like in terms of his progression is uh, Spider Everett. And then I remember when Spider Everett was sort of really mm. on the up back in the day, and this is a long time ago now, obviously, but when he's back on the up, 
they're talking about when he was 18, he just looked like, you know, a scrawny, you know, bit of a kid. Um, but then, you know, he filled out and then he started getting his game together. And I feel like that's going to be the Sam Hayes path because, yeah, he's not a lot to him, but he's got a build that can be built on. Like, he's got the structure there. He's got the brain. He's got the football brain. And it's just about the um, conditioning guys doing their job. And uh, it, it looks like it just looks like it's all going to come together at this point, which um, even with the ACL, we'll see how that goes. That's always a bit rough. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't see any reason not to be very optimistic about <clears throat> Sam Hayes' future. Oh, I'm very optimistic about it and um well fingers crossed he he recovers well from the acl he has a big preseason, and uh, and can come back next year and just get through the season i think you know no real pressure on him next year and uh get ready to go bang in 2020 yeah yeah why not uh next player is willem drew who only managed the one game at sanfl level this year for 13 touches he also laid seven tackles in that one game uh just not a great year for him injury-wise. Uh, as we said, he only played the one game, uh, which w- would have been very, very disappointing for him because he was come together late uh, the year before. And uh, we no doubt would have um, viewed him as someone that might have played a few games this year. Yeah, uh, and look, I mean, I guess it's the interesting thing about Willem Drew is that um, at most clubs you'd sort of say the fact that we've renewed their contract is a real endorsement for him. But, I mean, in recent years, error in renewing contracts doesn't mean shit. So uh, I don't know what that, I don't know how to take it. But obviously the club still likes him. Um, I'm not, I don't know, have you heard anything about him being of poor character or anything? Uh, the fact that he's still honest, I think, is going, you know, mm. it, I think that it would be nice if it, he'd been able to progress a bit faster. But I think that, Particularly at Port Adelaide, the way we run, like he's got that extra couple of years. And look, I'd love to see more of him. I'd love to see him play at the AFL level because, um, you know, what we saw uh, previously, like he, the potential is there, but he's just got to get the body right. And unfortunately, yeah. it's not happening. So that's this is one of those ones where you would be leaning towards. Mm, really, don't know. Um, yeah. But if the body comes right, anything could happen. Because it's a fifty-fifty call on. I would. Uh, I'm happy he's got another, and he's going to be there next year. Look, hopefully, again he can have a, a big preseason. He can keep himself fit and really yeah. show his worth because we were both pretty excited. Oh yeah. On draft night, and um, we could see the worth uh, for him. Yeah, he can play inside. He's really good outside. He's got good pace. Um, he's got a really big kick. Um, yeah, he might be someone that can take over that sort of halfback flank role. Because uh, he can do that, and the fact that he also plays an inside midfielder as well um, makes him a decent sort of prospect in my eye. Yeah, and look, I mean, he might get with Pollock out. He might actually get a shot more, playing more outside than inside. Um, but then again, that depends yeah. on with how much we're actually changing the game style uh, from this year, where everyone is an inside midfielder. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next player is Aidan Johnson. He's uh, a player that kind of polarises uh, a lot of people, I think. And he played 13 games at SANFL level this year, averaged 12 disposals, three marks, and kicked 10 goals for the season there. He played five games at AFL level, uh, kicked six goals, averaged seven disposals, and three tackles. Uh, how did you see his year? Very up and down. Um, there were times that you know he was just electric, and then there were times you just go, what are you doing? Where, where's, where is this person, Aidan Johnson? Because I can't see him. Um which, you know, it's not uncommon for a young forward. That's very yeah. ordinary, very normal for a young forward to be going in and out of games. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything that says we should enlist him. And that, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a, I've got a bit of a trigger finger on that button. Um, but 
So the fact that I don't see that, I don't know, maybe that's an endorsement. Um, but I think that he's certainly got uh, the goods, the talent to, to be more of a uh, player next year. And, you know, again, we haven't brought any you know, small forwards to, to keep him out of the side at this point. So yeah. maybe there's a, a chance. Maybe there's a chance <clears throat> he'll get more game time and maybe, maybe. consolidate. Potentially. Look, he's just still so raw. That's the mm. thing that gets yes. me is that, you know, the things he does when he gets the ball really excites me because he's mm. got great pace. Um, he's surprisingly really, really good in, in tight. Like his, his one touch work and quick hands oh, yeah. and uh, ability to find teammates in that sort of thing under pressure is, is really exciting for me. And the fact he can kick goals too. Um, you know, I thought he was really good against West Coast earlier in the season. He played a really important role against North Melbourne um, in his first game for the year. And then he kicked three goals, stand, um, trying to shut down Jeremy McGovern, who's you know got about 30 kilos and 20 centimetres on him. Yeah. And uh, he did a bloody good job. <laughs> and I almost won us the game up until uh, after the siren, Yeah. unfortunately. Well, um, he... But you know. <laughs> But then, you know, the game against St Kilda, he just made mistake after mistake, and he was just completely invisible against Collingwood. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where his future lies. I really, really like him. I just want him to become a more consistent player, someone that can get you know that sort of fourteen or fifteen touches and and a goal a game. I'd be pretty happy with that because he certainly set up a lot more as well. Do you think there's a possibility, again, with um, the, the opportunity created with Pollock out, that he'll play closer to midfield and, you know, more like a wingman? than Yeah, look, potentially. Forward? We need pace and he's got pace to burn. So, yeah. um, and look, he has played that sort of more high half forward wing type role um, through the SANFL at times okay. over the last couple of seasons. So, I think maybe, maybe, I, I think it might be doubtful, maybe... You know, I think they really like his defensive pressure up forward, so I think we might see him more stuck in the forward line. But, look, as we as we talk, he's still only 20 years old. Yeah. He's, yeah. Still, he's still a baby. I think people forget that. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, he was drafted pretty young. Yeah. And uh, he's got a late birthday. Um, so, you know, I, I'm certainly happy that we're giving him a bit more time because I think if it, you know, if he can put it all together, I think there's going to be a really damaging player there a real damaging impact x-factor player there yeah, whether he can get there you know 50 50 call again on that one at the moment yes that's very true which is i guess why this would be a good off season to add a, a few more young guys and just so that you can make sure you've got at least one that works out isn't that right Matt? yeah it's a good, oh, thing we, good thing we laid it up for the draft good good thing we traded all those picks in for this year's draft uh, yeah. last year yeah so I mean, that was really good draft really good foresight by the the, the team really it was very good. I'm looking forward to pick 11 and, and 23 and 30 and 49 yeah. coming on next year, seeing yeah. what they can do. The, the sky's the limit. For free. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, next player, Jake Patmore. Uh, it was his first year at the club. He played 18 games at SNFL. Averaged just under 14 touches a game. Kicked 16 goals. Um, played a few different roles throughout the year. He played up forward. He played down back. He played on a wing. Uh, it was kind of a bit of a utility for us uh, throughout the season. Um, but there was um, quite a bit of promise late in the year mm. and quite simply probably deserved a game. Yeah, he was robbed. He was robbed. Like in that week before round 23, you know, he was, I think, something like the best player, kicked the most goals. You know, there was nothing in the Magpies form uh, mm. to say that he shouldn't have got a crack and he didn't. He didn't get a crack. Yeah. And that was a bit yeah. bullshit. 
Well, maybe the club thought he wasn't ready mentally to handle it or they just didn't <laughs> want to play him in the last game. Who knows? But, uh, look, he, he probably deserved a game at the end of the season um, yeah. to just to see what he could do. And, um, look, he's exciting. He was an absolute ball magnet um, at under-18 level. Um, mm-hmm. Picked up huge amounts of the ball at waffle yeah. level and uh, and in, in the national championships as well. And um, We saw parts of that last year. As I said, he was more of a role player this year as someone that was sort of playing loose. I think they were trying to teach him a little bit more of a defensive side to his game. Um, but the form when he was sort of creeping forward and, and kicking, you know, two or three goals a game, which he did on uh, on a few occasions towards the end of the season, um, was really quite impressive. And, uh, look, he's another one that might be a bit of a sleeper next year, might get uh, quite a few games. Well, I mean, this is it. Like, if we have Aidan Johnson playing a little bit closer to the wing, then, you know, there's room up forward, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, he is someone yeah. that I could maybe see um, playing a bit of a, ring, a wing job Probably not straight uh, away, next year. Oh, really? Straight away? Yep. Hmm. Oh, maybe not straight away, but as I said, sort of at some point during the season, I can see him getting games and getting a run through the midfield group. No, fair enough, fair enough. I, I don't see that, but okay, cool. If it happens, hmm. I'm not going to complain. Yep. And last player we're going to talk about, Riley Bonner. Who um, he played 19 games at AFL level this year, averaged 17 disposals, kicked three goals, and averaged uh, three and a half rebound fifties as well. Uh, he had a monster first game against um, uh, Frio, where he just let loose after a really impressive end to the season in 2017. He started the season with 31 touches um, and was one of our best on ground against Frio. Um, I thought he had a really good first half of the season. I think his form kind of disappeared a little bit later on. He was sort of forced a little bit too defensive. Um, unfortunately, we didn't really see him play that more sort of. Later on. He did. He did absolutely. He did. But we didn't really see him playing that sort of loose, creative role that he played in round one all that often. No, again, this is the three years in, and then you change the game plan, um, Hinkley thing. But for me, um, we've just traded Jasper Pittard, but unfortunately, this year for me, kind of confirmed that Riley Bonner is on that same trajectory. Like, he might get quite good, but there's always going to be moments where you go, oh, my God, what's he doing? Mm. <laughs> what, 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 what was that option? What? What? Um, and it won't necessarily have anything you can sort of redeem it at all. It just He makes some weird decisions. He just shits the bed sometimes, which, you know, that's not an uncommon trait. Um, but I had sort of hoped that that was not in his game anymore after he started the year so very, very well. Um, yeah. But it's still there. Well, look, <laughs> I guess with the way that we try and play football, it's kind of hard for our defenders sometimes to not turn the ball over, I guess, because um, there's you know, a lot of players sort of around them and behind them and not much really to kick to. So I'm not even talking when about you, when you're someone When you're someone like Bonner who likes to sort of get the ball and go and then you look up and there's kind of no one to kick to, you sort of shit the bed, I think, a little bit. But I think the, the thing that um, didn't impress me too much this year was his uh, ability defensively. Yeah. Like he was getting caught out in one-on-ones. Yep. Um, too much. Oh, I think opposition teams tried to exploit that as much as they could. Yeah. And um, he's just not a very good defender. No. Uh, which is why I would like him on a wing next year. Yeah, look, for me, he's a guy that right now in my long-term track, 
here's a guy that you play, and you go, hopefully he becomes good, but otherwise you just make sure he gets a bit of exposure and you trade him when there's a good offer. Mm. I, I'm not I'm not convinced about him long term. I think he's he's part way there. He's probably forty percent there. Um, I think he's got that other sixty percent in him. It's just whether it can all be put together or not. Um, look, again, I was really stoked that we that we drafted him. I think he's shown some good signs throughout the year, some worrying signs. Hopefully, next year we see more good, less worrying. Well, I mean, next year's his fourth year on the list. So when you get into his fourth year on the list, that, that's the point at which it's we time need to, to see, deliver. We need to see the finished product, pretty much. Um, yeah, hmm. it is. It's absolutely time to deliver. He'll be uh, twenty-two before the season starts. So yeah, next year is his year. As I said, I, I want him on a wing. I think um, he's a type of player that can really transform the way that we play in a good way by uh, by him and Burton playing on a wing. I think that would be great. For me, bit of height, just... bit of pace, bit of skill going inside 50. He's a long kick. He can kick goals. We know he can kick goals from outside the, 50 as the well. The concern remains about uh, the opposition playing through him, though. Like, that's the concern. Uh, I think it's less of a concern on a wing as it would be down back. I'm not convinced for me. that. Okay, well, yeah, I don't agree, but okay. Mm. And that's it. Player reviews are done. Yay! Woo! For the season. It's all positivity from here now, Maka. It is. Well, look, I'm glad I've done you know four months of research into this year's draft when we've just traded all our players out, all our picks out. Sorry. So. Um, well, you never yeah, know. I'm, I'm wonder. You don't know <laughs> who's going to be available at pick eighty four. <laughs> Oh, look, it could be anyone. That's true. That's true. I can see that being the running joke yeah, uh, yeah. over the next few weeks. Oh, look, you know, but yes. You don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be a next big couple of days coming up. So uh, who knows what's going to happen? That's it. Hmm. Right, next week we'll be going back to two uh, podcasts. Yeah. So we'll be doing a Monday and a Thursday. Um, and next week we'll be talking about the Allies draft picks. So... Uh, players look, you know, maybe do a little bit of research on Jacob Kitsitsky, Nick Blake. He's got a lot of talent. Bailey mm. Scott. He's chosen North Melbourne um, as his destination club. Um, Taron Thomas, another one that uh, will probably end up at North Melbourne. You would think as well. Uh, Fraser Turner's one to look out for. Chase Jones as well. So um, they're the sort of players that we'll be talking about next uh, next week. I'm looking forward to it, Macri. It'll be a good one. Should be good. Yeah, and I think what after after the Allies we've got SA coming up, isn't it? Straight after that, so that'll that's be the right. One. That'll be the Straight one. The big guns. That'll be really the one. Like this Allies one next week might be a little bit frustrating because half of the players we'll be talking about will be going to other clubs for sure. But yep. uh, when we get to SA, whoo boy! What the, bring the, it on? The, the one that we all that we traded everything up to get basically that'll be whoa, <laughs> that'll be a real big one that week. Whoa. There will be. It will be <laughs> absolutely. Should be good. Yeah. Yeah. And until then, can't can power. And um, please don't do anything awful in the remaining trade week, Port. Please. Calm blue ocean. And we're going to miss you, Chad. We will. Mm. Absolutely will. Mm. That was a bit of a downer. What can we do? That was. Can't ports. Can't ports. Butcher. Thank <laughs> you.
Punched away by Michael at ground level. Here's a chance for Stevens. Stevens goes high and long towards the goal square. Do it to Bergwijn. Almost brought it down. Here's James. He's had a marvellous game. He puts him in front. Brilliant goal. What a classic. Roger James gets his second.